Make sure all seats are in the upright position and trays are put away before we take off. KR Media proudly presents Kingdom Rock Radio with your Bible teachers, Pastor Mark A. Stroud. I'm looking to what the Lord Jesus has in his hand for me. And Pastor Sumiko Stroud. How with God on their side, they were stronger than anybody. Get the latest downloads from our website. You can download today's message as an MP4, MP3, or simply download the Kingdom Rock app to your mobile devices from the iTunes Store or Android Market. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center in Bremen, Georgia. And remember, Jesus is Lord. On today's broadcast, we're going to hear the message entitled, In the Middle. Have you ever been caught between two opinions? You didn't know where to go or stay or turn to the left or turn to the right. And sometimes the easiest thing to do isn't always the right thing to do. Well, we're going to talk about that today and a whole lot more in this message entitled, In the Middle. And don't forget to contact us on Facebook. We would love to have you to be our friend. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, In the Middle, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, well, let's speak from the subject today of In the Middle. Some of God's people are standing in the middle. Let's go to 1 Kings, 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18, and we will actually start here today. There are a number of scriptures that I want to give you for our, our brief time here. And once again, I just want to just encourage all of you. I pray that all of you are encouraged. And uh, I just love you and I appreciate you. All of you that are here in this building, all of you that are faithful uh, to watch us online, I just love and appreciate you guys so much. Let me just take a moment to tell you what a great people of God you actually are and to tell you how much I believe in you, how much I believe in the ministry that God has placed on the inside of your hearts. Let me take a moment and tell you how valuable you really are how valuable you really are in the plan of Jesus Christ. You're extremely valuable. There's no such thing as a small you or big you. We're all valuable, extremely valuable to the plan of God. No matter what people have said or what, what they have done, let me tell you that you are valuable. Amen. Amen. And uh, it is said that the worth of a thing can be determined by how much someone is willing to pay for it. How much are you worth? Well, you're worth the blood of Jesus, the life of God, the life of God, the very life of God was poured out on your behalf. The very life of God was poured out on your behalf. So I just want you to, uh, to know that and to begin to identify with who you really are in Christ. Don't let men or women or, or anyone else put a, uh, put a total on your life, put a dollar amount on you. Because you're worth more than silver and gold. Remember, the Lord is concerned about, or rather, he's after your soul, not your silver. He's after your soul, not your silver. Okay? People will try to put a, a figure on your life. To that end, let me give you this example. There was a dear man. He was a, he was a businessman. 
wealthy man, very wealthy man, million dollar man, millionaire, millionaire, almost in the billions. And he would go back and forth to his accountant's office and uh, conduct uh, transactions. You know, his accountant, you know, of course, kept up with his funds, with his multiple accounts. And his accountant there had a secretary outside his office. And the, and the millionaire would, you know, every once in a while, of course, he had to pass through her. And on this one particular day, she was looking pretty good. Had on the red lipstick. Her hair was dyed and laid to the side. Looking pretty good. So this, this millionaire came up to this woman as he was uh, exiting the accountant's office. And he, he said to her, do you know who I am? And she says, why, yes, I know who you are. He said, I have a question for you. He said, I want, I want to go out with you. Are you single? She says, why, yes, I am. He said, and when we go out, I'm going to do certain things. And she said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know what I'm talking about. How much is it going to take? You know who I am. She said, what kind of girl do you think I am? He said, uh-huh, all right. Would you come with me for $1,000? Huh? Would you come with me one night for $10,000? Huh? <laughs> Would you come with me for $100,000 just, just one night? What kind of girl you think I am? He says, we know what kind of woman you are, but we're just haggling over price. We're just haggling over the price. Don't let anyone put a dollar amount on you. Who you are and what you have is worth more than silver or gold. Worth more than silver or gold. Don't sell yourself, your values for a couple of pieces of silver. You're worth more than that. Are you understanding? Some would say, hmm, I would. <laughs> You're selling yourself way too short. Is that, all, is that all it's going to take for you to give your soul over to someone else? Are you hearing? So let's go. First Kings, the 18th chapter, first Kings 18. And let me show you this. As we see here in the book of first uh, Kings 18. We see here how God's people were caught between two opinions. We see here that really, here's the, let me bring you the case and tell you what's going on here. The prophet Elijah, uh, the Lord has used him to stop the rain and it has not rained on this land, I believe, for a space of three years or so. And so finally, uh, the Lord tells Elijah to go and show yourself to the king. I'm going to do something now. The people were, of God were really in sin. They were living an adulterous life before God. And the Lord sends judgment upon the land. 
And so Elijah goes and he shows himself before the king and the king says, uh, King Ahab says, is it you that's been causing all this trouble around the place? Elijah says, show enough. I'm giving you the Mark Stroud version now. The Lord has dealt with me. And the Lord said, all right, we're going to do something. He says, king. Now, Ahab is a king and Jezebel. You've heard about Jezebel, right? Jezebel is his wife. You know, and uh, King Ahab and uh, Jezebel, well, they have been leading the God's people. They were the leaders of the of the nation. Okay. And the leaders of the nation were passing the religion or pressing the religion of Baalism upon the people, worshiping Baal. Right. So here are the heads of the nation saying, worship Baal, not God, not the great Jehovah. The heads of the nation, come on now, the heads of the nation, the king and queen of Israel saying, worship Baal. But the people knew in their hearts, we ought to serve Jehovah. He's the one that brought us out. But they were caught in the middle. And the Lord sends he sends Elijah to the people and, and, and to the king. And let's pick it up on verse 17. It says, and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that, that Ahab said unto, unto him, art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house and that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and thou hast followed Baalism. Do you see that? Verse 19 says, now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal, 450 and the prophets of the groves, 400, uh, which eat at Jezebel's table. All right. Verse 20 and Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. They didn't say a word. He said, how long will you be halt between two opinions? Now look at that for a moment. Halt. Now, we would say in today's modern day English, the word halt means to stop, right? Halt in the name of love. No, that's stop, right? Halt. Well, we know that maybe uh, in military language, halt means to stop, right? But it's not too far from the truth either way. The halt, the word halt there in the Hebrew actually means to limp. Uh, the word halt also means to pass over. It means also to spring over or to hop. Elijah, was in here, he was given this example. This was really an example of a bird hopping from what was known as uh, um, a branch, hopping from one branch to another, trying to be settled to make a nest. So when he said to them, how long will you, how long will you be halt between opinions? He's saying, how long are you going to be like that bird jumping from one Branch to the next, can't decide whether you want to nest or you can't decide where you want to settle. The people of God were hopping 
from one side to the next. They were springing from one side to the other. And at the same time, spiritually, they were limping. They were lame. Couldn't get anything done. They weren't fully invested in the house of God and or they weren't fully invested in the worship of Baal. They were just right there in the middle. In the middle. And so when they were confronted with the truth, Elijah said, how long? How long are you going to jump from God over to Baal? You see, they would jump from God over to Baal. Maybe it got too hot in the temple. Maybe what God wanted was a little bit too much. So they decided to hop. Well, then maybe when they were out in the world, couldn't pay the bills, things going wrong, everything is going wrong. And they said, maybe I need to get back in church. So they would hop. One side to the other, back and forth, not settling anywhere. On the side of, on the, on the Lord's side, they would look out, if, if you would, that, that window and see, oh, all the fun that the people were having there, worshiping Baal. It was a very sensuous uh, religion. Oh, all those things they're having, so they would hop over. But then they get over here and they realize that the grass is not always greener. So they would hop from side to side side to side and so the lord brings this word through the prophet elijah telling the people or asking the question how long are you going to hop from side to side how long will you be halt between two opinions how long are you going to leap between two opinions now opinion think about this the word opinion means really your 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 stance your mental your emotional stance the position where you stand you keep changing. You keep changing. And really, we'll see this throughout Scripture. We'll see this, and we'll look at this today. You'll see this throughout Scripture as God always causes people back to him. Come on now. Come on. Come on now. Come on. 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 Come away from that. Come away from that. Come away from that. It's like pulling a kid out of a candy store. Or tour store. Come on, we got to go. Come on, come on, come on, we got to go. Come on, we got to go. Oh, Dad, one more minute, please. Come on, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You come outside and we walk away, but your mind is still on those dainty chocolates. Still thinking about the chocolates. Are you hearing? So the Lord tries to detox us because there's a reason why the people are halt right here. There's a reason why they cannot decide. And as you know, we won't go to the, through the whole case, but as you know, the, the people of God come and gather and all the prophets of Baal, they come and gather over 400 something, 800 or something prophets of Baal and uh, they gather around and, and Elijah says, Hey, I'm the only one left. So he thought at this point, I'm the only one left. Here's what we can do, people. He said, you know, if God's the one, hey, serve him. But if there's one, hey, serve him. He said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, this is what we're going to do. Y'all ready? He said, here's what we're going to do, people. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to build two altars. Let Baal have his altar. And I'll have my altar over here. I'm the only one here representing the Lord Jehovah. And you got over 800 some odd prophets over there. All right. Bring out the two bullocks. And we're going to kill them and put them on the altar. 
And uh, whichever God answers by fire, let him be God. And the people said, they finally said something. They said, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Well said. So he said, uh, Baal, prophet Baal, y'all got a home court advantage. Y'all go ahead. You take it first. And so the prophets of Baal, they got the lamb, I mean, got the bullock there, put them up there, cut them up and all that stuff, put them on top of the, the altar. And they began to do their dance around the altar and began to call out, oh, Baal, oh, Baal, come on down, send the fire down, oh, Baal, send the fire down, oh, Baal. And they began to cut themselves. The Bible says they began to cut themselves and blood is gushing out all over the place. And they, they, they jumped up on the altar, oh, Baal, send the fire down. Oh, Baal, send the fire down. And they cried that from the morning out to afternoon. They kept crying and calling and calling. And Elijah began to get a little funny. He said, hey, why don't you talk a little louder? Because, you know, Baal, you know, he's a god. He may be talking. Talk a little louder. You know, he may be asleep, so you may have to wake him up. Or maybe he's on vacation. You know, it's, it's busy work being a god. So maybe you're on vacation. So scream louder. That's what they do. They began to scream even louder. Oh, Bill, send the fire down. Oh, Bill. And they cut themselves and rent themselves. And they dance on their altar. You know, they dance on the altar. <laughs> they did all that. Oh, Bill. Come on, send the fire down. So they did that from the morning to the afternoon to the evening. And nothing happened. 800 some people cutting themselves, dancing around. Nothing happened. Not a single thing. So Elijah said, all right, y'all through? They were all tired, bleeding. Y'all through? Okay. He told the people of God, y'all come on around. Come on around me. Come on around. Come on around. Come around. Come around. And he began to repair the altar of God, took, taking these 12 stones and putting it up there. He said, bring me the, uh, bring me the bullock. Bring it, bring it here. He killed it and he put it upon his altar. And then he said something very peculiar, something strange. And he even said, hey, uh, let's dig a ditch around this, this altar here. Let's, let's dig a trench around it. So they did that. He did that, got that done. And then he said, uh, pour some water on my altar. I said, what? It's supposed to be something by fire, right? God's supposed to be answering by fire. You know, Elijah, you may not want to do that because, you know, maybe some radiation from the sun may somewhat ignite it. We'll see a little bit of smoke here, something. Maybe Brad have his, mag his mag magnifying glass over by the side and he can beam it down or something. But Elijah said, no, put some water on it. They did it and he said, do it again third time do it again and so now the altar was just saturated with water the sacrifice the, the dead animal there was was saturated with 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 water and there was water all in the trench no mistake and elijah said hey i have no tricks up my sleeve this happens it's going to have to be god and so he said to the people y'all gather around he said lord let the people know that you are God here and that you have sent me. Would you do that? You can read the whole prayer. Would you do that? And the next moment, fire comes down out of heaven. 
so much fire that it burns up the sacrifice, it burns up the stones on the altar, and it licks up all the water in the trench. Fire comes down. And the people cried out, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. They had to see something. And then Elijah calls all the prophets of Baal around and he takes a sword and he kills them all. Cutting off that connection. Or so he thought. But we see in. Let's go to second Kings now. I want to show you through this as well. Second Kings 17. The Lord that day showed himself to be God to the people. He answered by fire and that day they were convinced but a few chapters over next book over second Kings 17 I want to show you this in verse let's start here in verse number 38 it says and the covenant I have made with you ye shall not forget neither shall ye fear other gods but the Lord your God, ye shall fear, and he shall deliver you out of the hand of all your enemies. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He said, if you fear me, if you serve me, Thank you, Lord. I'll deliver you. In the name of Jesus. How be it, verse 40, how be it, they did not hearken, but they did after their former manner. What was that? So these nations feared the Lord, they feared the Lord, and served their graven images, both their children and their children's children, as did their fathers, so do they unto this day. Why in the world did they go back? God just showed himself, revealed himself to them greatly, and they just went back and did the exact same thing. As we talked about last week on the book of Joshua, Joshua 24, verse 15, you can get it or make note of it. Joshua 24, the Bible says in uh, Joshua 24, verse 15, he says, but if serving the Lord, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose you for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers the gods your father served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord's trying to pull his people away, trying to pull his people away. The Lord brings us over to the New Testament in Matthew 6, 24. It says this in Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The people haunt, stuck in the middle. Wanting your proverbial cake, so to speak, and eating it too. Want to have it your way. They think it's Burger King. You can have it your way. God said this it's either my way or the highway. You won't be able to stay 
with him and have your hand over there in the devil's plate too. You won't be able to hang and stay in the middle. And even I'm sure they tell you that in driving school. Don't drive on the yellow line. Now I've never taken driving school. Some of you may have, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Some of you may want to drive with me one day. But even I have that kind of sense not to drive down the yellow line in the expressway or the, or the streets. You stay on your side. You choose the side that you're going to drive on. And I pray you drive on the correct side of the road. Okay? But you choose a side. You don't drive down the middle of the road. You're going to hurt somebody else and yourself too. You have to make a decision. And the Lord brings it all the way there in the book of Revelation, saying the same thing. Revelation is the third chapter, verse uh, 15 through 17. The Lord says there, I know your works. I know what you've been doing. I know how you're neither cold nor hot. But because you're not cold or hot, you're lukewarm, and I will spew you out of my mouth. He's saying that all throughout the word of God, and even says it there in uh, 2 Corinthians Let's go ahead and get this 2 Corinthians 6. Now, we're going somewhere today. I'm giving you some word, giving you some scripture first. I want you to see this in the word of God, how the Lord has to keep pulling on his people to make a decision, pulling on his people to decide. Because for some reason, there's still something over there on the other side that the people of God want. And the Lord's trying to burn that stuff out of us. Because on the Lord's side is peace and safety. What the devil promises on his side is uh, pleasure. He promises, get it now. But all of that, as we said before, comes with a heavy price tag. A heavy price tag. Although you may get it today, you will definitely pay later. What we have to do is practice what's called delayed gratification. Lord, I will hold, I want to hold off and allow you to bring it to me or wait for the time that I can afford it. And then I'll receive it rather than getting it now and paying 30% or 40% interest trying to gratify yourself for the moment. It will always come up and bite you in the end. Are you hearing? One bad decision can affect you for the rest of your life. Are you hearing? St. Corinthians 6. Let me show you the same thought that is prevailing throughout the word of God. This is not all of them. I'm just giving you a few. 2 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verse number 14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion have light with darkness. Can you see that? He's telling them, Hey, make a decision. Verse 15. And what fell rather and what accord or agreement hath Christ with Bilal or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols or rather, for ye are the temple of the living God. And rather, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Then he says something, verse number 17. Therefore, come out from among them, 
and be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. Now look, this is the New Testament now, right? Paul is the Lord is preaching here to the Corinthian church and also to us today. And he's still telling his people, come out from among them. Isn't that something? Before Christ, come out from among them. Here, after the Lord has risen, or rather, uh, as the Lord was here on the face of the earth, walking in the fleshly body, in his fleshly form, he said, you can't serve two masters. After he descended, sending his people, his apostles to his people, telling them, come out from among them. Come out from among them. Come out from among them. There ought to be some sort of difference between the children of light and the children of darkness. It is a shame before God when the world cannot tell whose side you are on. Can't tell. Are you with Jesus? Are you saved? You are? Well, can you show me a dance you did on the dance floor just a minute ago? Well, you backed it up like that. Show me how to back it up like that. Show me how to drop it like it's hot. Just like you did. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? Saints ought not to be dropping it like it's hot. Praise the Lord. There ought to be some difference. And here really is the crux of the matter. If you will make a decision, God will make a distinction. If you will make a decision, let God make a distinction. In other words, if you decide, Lord, I want to be on your side completely and totally. And if you get real with him and say, Lord, but hey, my flesh still wants to go with that. Just talk to him about it. And begin to focus on spiritual things. Even as Pastor Samigo spoke about on this, uh, this Sunday school. You know, uh, there was a dog, there's a um, dog fighter. I don't advocate, I advocate for dog fighting, but there was a man who asked a question and he asked him, uh, he asked the trainer, which one of your dogs do you know or do you expect to win? Which one do you expect to win? He said, oh, that's easy. The one I feed the most. The one I feed the most, that's the one I know is going to win in the ring. The one you feed the most. If you feed your flesh the most, hey, when that temptation comes, that's one that's going to win. But if we neglect our spirit man, neglect the spirit man, you don't pray, you don't study. And it's easy to do. Hear me, it is so easy to do. It is so easy just to fall slowly, 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 slowly away. Because the enemy is so skillful at turning, turning us just little by little, little by little, compromise by compromise, compromise by compromise, compromise by compromise. And then after it's over, you're not turning in the same direction. And you notice that certain things you've lost certain ground. Say, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I used to feel. I don't. I don't feel the presence of the Lord anymore. I don't feel like praising the Lord. I, I don't feel like worshiping him. I don't feel like going to church. I don't, I don't really I don't feel like studying my Bible. I, I don't feel like it. 
And once we neglect the spirit of God, once we neglect the spiritual things that God has given us to strengthen our spirit man, once we neglect that and continue to neglect that, the carnal man, the fleshly man, is simply going to rule. It's not automatic. We can't come to church one Sunday and say, I give my life to Jesus. Oh, Lord, I'm saved now, saved now. You do one strong act and think that everything else is just going to bow before your feet. It's a constant feeding. How much, how many of you plan on eating today? How many of you ate yesterday? How many of you eat more than once a day? Well, we are wealthy in this country. Let me tell you. We are so wealthy. You're going to make sure you feed this body, right? What happens when you don't? Let's say you get some of you, the children, you get to playing and get to playing and you, you forget about eating. Anybody ever done that before? Or you get to work and work and you forget about eating. You're so consumed in what you're doing that you just forget about it. Yes, yes, yes. Doesn't your body remind you after a while? So, oh, I don't know why I got a headache. Oh, why does my stomach feel like this? I haven't had any need today. Right? Your body naturally tells you. Well, the same thing happens to your spirit, man. When you begin to feel all ooky on the inside. Something's wrong with me. Something is wrong with me. And your base nature begins to rise again. They say you're naturally, before you were saved, uh, you're naturally angry or hostile. Or maybe depressed or whatever it is or fearful. All those things will begin to rise from the dead like a walking zombie. In your spiritual graveyard, you say that old me is dead and it is buried. I'm new man. I'm a new man or new person in Christ Jesus. All those old things have passed away. You had a funeral for them. Praise the Lord. You gave your life to Jesus. You rose up brand new in Christ. But if you don't watch it, that zombie will get up. Don't talk to me like that. Don't you know who I am? Don't make me put my religion down. I'm going to get you. I'm from the hood. I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that. I even heard one one preacher testify, don't you know who I am, boy? I, I'm, I'm from this. I'll mess you up. You weren't talking to me, of course, praise the Lord. But get some folk angry enough. If they haven't been feeding that spirit, man, that flesh, that zombie will rise up and cause a lot of trouble in your house. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. That zombie arise. And you begin to say things you didn't want to say, begin to do things you didn't want to do. So you got to feed that spirit man, feed the real you. Turn to neighbor and tell him you got to feed the real you. Now let me tell you one more thing and then we're going to close out for today. Let's go to the book of James, James the first chapter. James the first chapter. James the first chapter. Let's look at verse 5 through 8. Same fault, same feeling here in the book of James. This is our last book. James, the first chapter. You getting anything out of this? He says, James 1 and verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Verse 6, 
But let him ask in faith. What? Nothing wavering. Today you believe God. Tomorrow you don't believe God. Today I'm in faith. Tomorrow I'm in unbelief. He says, nothing wavering. Why? For he that wavereth, back and forth, caught in the middle, halt between two opinions. He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Here's the danger. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. God said, don't even think you won't get anything from me. You've ever felt like that before with someone? It felt like that. Don't even uh, don't even come. Don't even ask me. Don't even think that you gonna get anything from. Me. Don't uh, uh, don't even open your lips. To, don't even don't know. You know, you're not getting anything from me. Am I the only one? That must have been when that zombie was talking again. God said, don't even think about it. Don't even think you're going to get anything from me if you're wavering between opinions Amen. Amen. that's what your bible says he says in verse 8 for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways god said you're too unstable i don't know what you're gonna do you're hot one day you're cold the next i don't know what you're gonna do we don't know what's gonna happen we don't know how in the world to take you you're too far in the flesh you're too zombified we don't know what you're gonna do we got to have a lookout person at the corner to see how you look when you're driving up. Is he in a good mood? I don't know. He seemed to be smiling. Okay, smiling. We're good. A signal goes all the way to the back, all the way to the front. He's smiling. Everything's okay. Uh, we have no idea whether you're coming in peace or not. What's happened? Here he comes. He's frowning. Oh, God, Lord, help us, please. We know what's going to happen. But it ought not be that way. We ought to find a place where we can be even tempered in Christ. Even tempered in Christ. We shouldn't blow hot and cold. And really, you don't even like to blow hot and cold, do you? Somebody ought to be saying amen. I'm right about there. We don't like to be up one minute and down the next. We like to be, hey, even, hey, I like to be mellow, man. Praise the Lord. They call me mellow yellow. Last, James 4. And the Lord says here, James 4, verse 4, he says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know or know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity or hatred or ill will with God? Don't you know that if you are a friend to the world, how do you be a friend? How do you know? How do you know somebody's your friend? Don't they talk to you every once in a while? You talk to them, hang around with them, right? Don't really call about your friend who doesn't want to spend any time with you. You may know their name, but you don't know them. And God said, "Don't you know that the friendship of the world? You know, you know the world. Yeah, we hang out all the time." He said, "Don't you know the friendship with the world is enmity or hatred or ill will toward God?" Don't you know the Lord frowns on that? Now, the body of Christ is seen to be, is uh, viewed to be the bride of Christ. The body of Christ is viewed to be the bride. Are you with me? The true church viewed to be the bride. So God says, you adulterous. In the old days, he used to call 
loose people tarts, I, I hear. <laughs> Ye adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that when you step out on God, he doesn't like it? It is, it is seen, God sees it as ill will toward him. He says, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. I would not like it. I don't know any husband that would like his wife to go out and be a friend with some other man. To be a friend with some other man close friend with some other man and think that they're going to come back. I don't know of any woman who would like her husband to say, you know, well, baby, we just friends. And he comes back home with lipstick on his collar, lipstick here. And oh, no, baby, don't you understand? We just friends. We just, we just friends. That was just a friendly kiss, baby. You understand? That's just, that's just a friendly kiss, baby. You understand? But I saw you there. That wasn't me. Oh, just a friendly. We, we just friends. God says you're adulterers and adulteresses. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You have to choose this day whom you will serve. Verse five says, do you think that the scripture saith in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? That is the spirit of God yearns for you. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he said, God resist the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. That is, make a decision. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil. You see that? Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Then it says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Are you hearing? All throughout the word of God, God says the same thing. The Lord, the Lord even tells the disciples and many others that were around him, he says, remember Lot's wife. If there was no other clear picture of what we're saying today, remember Lot's wife. She was pulled out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Her body was, but her heart was still back there. And she turned back and became a pillar of salt. Don't you understand? The Lord's trying to pull us out. We are living in the last days right now. And there's awful things happening out there right now. Right now. So today we've got to make a decision. Lord, I want to submit to you. And here again, if you give the Lord your will, he'll give you the ability. You say, Lord, I want to do it, but Lord, I says, all this and what are they going to say? What is this person going to say? Or Lord, if I do this for you, Lord, I, I still want to do that. Lord said, you give him your will. Just say yes to him. He will give you the, the staying ability, the keeping ability to keep you over here, over here on the Lord's side. Okay? But we can't continue in the middle of the road. Amen. Amen. Remember, if you're unwilling to confront it, you'll never overcome it. You will only overcome the thing that you're willing to confront. Only thing that you're willing to face will you ever get over. So today, let's make a decision for the Lord. Let's submit ourselves to God. Say yes to him 
and continue to say yes to him. Not just a one-time thing. Not just here at the altar and think that's going to be the end of it. It's a day-to-day thing. As you're driving down the road in your car, as you're in your kitchen cooking uh, food, as you're cleaning up the house, or as you're working on the job, saying yes to the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. If you give him your will, he will give you the ability. He'll make you able. But you first must make a decision for him. I pray you've heard the word of God today. That's it in Jesus mighty name. Father, I entrust you with the seed that was sown today. I entrust you with the seed that was sown today. Father, I pray that it was sown on good fertile ground and that it will uh, produce a harvest, a mighty harvest that will produce fruit for the nations. And Lord, I pray that today, even as we give you our will, that you would give us that ability. And that we won't be halted between two the between two opinions, stuck right there in the middle, not knowing what we're gonna do. You're not pleased with that, Lord. You've never been, been pleased with that. We've seen that all the way from Joshua through Kings, all the way to the Book of Revelations. People being hot and cold. You've never been pleased with that. Never been pleased with that. And so, Lord, today we come just presenting ourselves to you and asking you to help us. To turn. What have you got to do to, to turn us, Lord? Whether we got to see something burning on an altar, whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do to grab our attention, to turn us before it is too late. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.